Lord, we just thank you for another opportunity just to be in your presence. We thank you for your love and your grace that have no limitation. It's because of your grace that each one of us are here, not because of how good or how, how great we are, but we thank you that in the midst of everything, you show yourself faithful. Lord, help each one of us that we can move closer to you today. And help me that we, I can hear from heaven and be able to hear, speak what you want me to speak. We pray all this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. Oh, let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You can have your seat. Um, I really thank God for Pastor Pat and Teresa. Uh, Teresa? Yeah. You guys have got just uh, great people. Let's give the Lord a big hand for the pastor and his wife. <laughs> what a wonderful people. Um, I met Pastor Pat and Teresa, uh, I think three years ago, in a, a church planting school. You know, one thing I've just learned in my life is it's not how big I am or how great I am or how I can travel or who I am. Uh, you see, I didn't come here this morning to speak. I came here that he would touch me. Amen. I need his touch. Amen. Because it's the choices that we have to make. James advises, he said, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Uh, brothers and sisters, it's not about the money that you want. It's not about the position that you want in life. It's not about the problems that is in your life. It's not about any other thing. It's all about how close you are to him. When you have him on your side, you've got everything. Can I hear me to that? Amen. Oh, let's give the Lord a big hand for that. I mean, when you have him on your side, what do you need? That's why I love the statement of Moses. After Moses had been at, 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 at the, as a prince at the king's house, he realized it's not about being in at the, as a prince or being at the king's house. He realized one thing. So Moses made the statement. He said, I'm not going to move one inch without his presence. Mm-hmm. Come on. Do you know what that means? Moses was seeking God for who he is. Um, The children of Israel were seeking God for what God was going to give to them. Uh, I've traveled almost to 50 countries in my life. and I had some motives as I was traveling. I've been with people like Dr. Rahan Bonke, people like Cho, in fact, personally, they invited themselves. I can't invite you. <laughs> I mean, how much can I pay? I can't invite Dr. Bunky. But when they invite themselves, it's interesting. They give you more money even. <laughs> it's very interesting. And so what you are talking about this morning, the purity, the song that goes on, it's not about the things we are running after. It's nothing about that. It's running after him. Like the three Hebrew children, they were in the fire. I mean, normal fire will burn you. But I've got a good news for you. When heaven come on earth, there's no gravity. When heaven penetrates on earth, nothing works normal as it works. But it begins to work supernaturally. So there were three people in the fire. How many did they see? And when the fourth person is with you, fire cannot burn you. I've got the good news for you this morning. When he is for you, who can be against you? 
That's why we are going to spend some time together. And the time we are going to spend today is not about anything. It's about you and I. You see, there are people who have been through church 30 years, 40 years. Praise the Lord. Thank God you were saved 50 years ago. But my question this morning, if he were to show up, are you ready? And that the readiness is what I'm trying to ask my own self. I could preach to thousands of people. I could preach to small people. I really don't care. What I care is that if he is here and he says, son, come, I can be able to raise my hand and move with him. But before that time, because he's coming soon, is that right? He's giving us all a mandate on our life. And I find out that there are many people who die without getting to their destiny. And it doesn't matter whether you are 75 years old, like Abraham, or you are 8 years old, like Mary. It really doesn't matter. It matters how ready are you today. So there is hope for everyone here. I mean, it doesn't matter what even has happened to your life. I'm going to teach some things this morning that the Lord has laid at my heart for this church and for you. But the choices lie with us. I heard Dr. Um, what do we call this guy, uh, if I can remember his name. He's a very good writer. It will come. He said, many people who come to church, only one third are hearing what the pastor is preaching to test are just listening and they don't even hear what is going on. Some are thinking about Chinese buffet. <laughs> Some are thinking about... <laughs> but that's statistics. That's not you. I hope each one of you today will hear definitely what God is telling you. Amen. And you take it and you move out with it. My wife passed away 22nd of July. I didn't know what grief, grief meant. <laughs> you know, you can easily preach to people. But when you are in the middle of the situation, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> and in August, honestly, I thought everything was falling apart in my life. But then along the line, I was reminded that it's not too late for anyone. So you have to press in for him. Is that right? And the Lord... When, that's why I say, when heaven starts coming upon you, that's all that we need. And so, the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. The refreshing of the Lord takes out everything, and you just begin to move. As it. So, after August, after I've been through all these things, I, 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 I strongly felt my wife was praying so hard that I'm going to share some things with you. She's been telling me this for four years. I, never, I, I thought I was listening. Honestly, I thought I was listening, but it goes here. So now I'm telling everyone, listen to your wives. <laughs> As a man, I mean, honestly, you don't know what you have now until it's out of your hand. I mean, yes, I, I, I was buying flowers for her. My wife really lost it when she's in the bathroom and I'm right uh, a, a short known and say, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. And she comes with her, she's happy. They, I don't know why they are wired like that. <laughs> I, I really don't. 
I've said to her yesterday, I love you. If I don't say it today, it's a bad day. <laughs> so I have to tell her every single day, you are the sweetest on the earth. <laughs> That's the way they are wired. Men don't care. But they, they care. I have to bring the flowers every day. Whoa. Men go to the shop and buy flowers today. <laughs> Tell them how much you love them. Because when you love them as Christ loved the church, then the submissiveness to submit to you is just automatic. But you don't love the, the person you want her to submit. It's tough. So, men, just love them. I mean, Christ loves the church no matter what you are doing. Christ don't love the church because we are righteous. Come on. I mean, sometimes we are screwed up. Yeah. He loves the church just as you are. And he continues. And his love, I mean, when you think about the love of Christ, it's incredible. He's got no limitation, no width. It doesn't matter even what you do. Like a guy like me, he still loves me. I say, oh my goodness, then I can love anyone. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there is a new day for you. And just do what the Lord has told you, and all will wake up. I'm going to speak to people, maybe somehow on the mountain top, somehow in the valley, and somehow on the plains. It doesn't matter what you, where you are. At the same time, I'm going to call a couple of people. You'll be standing here for a while. You come. Young man. I mean, it's not because you are special or anything. I'm just calling you. <laughs> no, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. Can you come, please? And then uh, this guy, for some reason, I just love the guy. I don't know where. You come. <laughs> come. Uh, just line up here. Uh, young man, um, that young guy, the one in the middle there. Yeah, can you come? I know he's very shy, but uh, come here. My sister, can you come here? Yeah. I'm not calling you for any reason. I'm just going to use, I love illustrations. And just be here for a while for me as we go along. Can you come, please? Yeah. No, no, you. Yeah. And before I get in, let me tell you the story. I have testimonies. Don't be shy. Yes. I'm going to come to you and come down, come to you and come down, so don't worry. You'll be here maybe two hours, I have no idea. <laughs> Before my wife passed away, um, I hope, Pastor, the time is okay. Okay. Well, uh, four years ago, he was telling me to build a school. She's an educationist, and she tells me, he goes here. Oh, the man I was expecting, to, his name is John Maswell. That's why he, he gave statistics. Maswell. That only one third of the people in, who come to church hear what is going on. The rest goes through one year, goes to another year. But Jamas were, and so maybe I was part of the two tests. <laughs> My wife told me we should build a school. I was so excited about doing other things. And I will, I'll tell you a little bit about what we've been doing. Um, at, at least now we've built about 316 churches. Uh, we've seen over 14 million people saved. We've trained 750 pastors who are in 50 countries. That's why I keep traveling. We have crusades from 400,000 to 10. But I, my wife was telling me, let's build a school. I have no idea what he was talking about. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I leave that place. Everything is going on. Until 
she fell sick. She, my, my wife died of brain tumor. Uh, eight years ago, she had an operation of brain tumor. And eight years after, all came back again. And so when they came back, she said, I'm not doing any operation. What she went through eight years ago. And that too really humbled me because we've prayed for people who have brain tumor and all, boom, it's gone. I've been with uh, 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 T.L. Osborne. I think most of you have heard his name. Pray for people healing. And now in my own house, I'm praying as hard as I could. I'm just like you, Pastor. I want things to go quick. And I wasn't seeing anything. But because I wasn't seeing anything, that didn't mean God wasn't doing something. Today she's totally healed in heaven. Ooh! Totally healed. And she's praying. And so most of the things we are doing now, which I'm going to share with you, it's incredible. It's totally incredible. Of what? And so when you have heaven praying for you, that's the best thing. Even though not physically, it's been difficult. Sometime in the night, I throw my hand, I want to touch my wife, it's a pillow. And you know what you go through at that time. But I have friends who call me, maybe 2 a.m. to encourage me. School, why should I build a school? I said, I don't need to build some people. But I found out that the United States was built on a godly foundation. The whole country was built on the Bible. That's why he said, in God we what? We trust. And now the Bible has been thrown out of the school. But I've got the good news for it, and I'm prophesizing that the Bible is coming back in Jesus' name. It's going to come back because who is in charge, as you were singing, who reigns? It's him. But the problem with you and I is that we are caught up in what people are saying, and we forget that he is in charge. And I don't care whether Obama or Romney or who or Bush, God is, is still in charge of America. Can I hear me to that? I mean, you see, if I, you and I can be reminded and renew our mind that he's in charge, we will stop pointing hands and go to Second Chronicles 7. We say, if my people who are called by my name will do what? That's the first thing. Humility. How do I know you are humble? When you are praying, when you are seeking God, when you know that God is in charge. And then you begin to take the mirror, not on somebody, but yourself. And put Christ by it. Ooh, I was praying when I got, my, got married to my wife. I, I mean, when the, this beautiful lady came into my room, that we came to our house, I put my shoe here. Before I come, the shoe is on the other side of the, of the room. I, I put something down. She's doing, oh my goodness, I hated that. <laughs> my goodness. I said, what is it? I said, God, change her. <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and then I started praying. You know, Christians, we think we can twist God's hand and you fast. And you say, I said, change that woman for me. After 21 days. I didn't, you, you already got it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was so strong in the room. I said, the word is coming for her to change. So you need to change. I said, what? <laughs> but watch carefully. For the first time, I started putting Christ by me and putting the mirror. And I started seeing that some things are in my life that need to go. I didn't see that at first. You are pointing out at someone. said, those who don't have sin, throw the stone. And I said, God, I need help. You know, even when you see it, you can't change it yourself. He has to help you. 
You can't change yourself. You want to change your husband or, or your wife. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I said, God, help me. And I'm glad he started helping me. The very things I didn't like my wife doing, I never told her anything. Do you know God has a telephone number for everyone here? And when he calls you on the phone, you have no other choice. My wife totally turned 360 degrees. I said, wow. What am I talking about this morning? There are going to be changes in our life this morning as we allow God to help us. Because the message this morning that I'm going to bring will bless you and will bless me. I love this church. You start with testimonies. I always love testimonies. I met a man four years ago. One of, uh, he's very, very rich. But he's not saved. He, he, he wasn't saved. And he was introduced to me by some pastors in Lansing. So we have banquets. He comes to the banquets. He will write big checks. But he wasn't saved. And he started inviting me to Chinese buffet. <laughs> you know, I love it. You pay $5, you can go six times. <laughs> there are things I love in the United States. One is Chinese. I don't like this white stuff. I hate it. The snow, oh. So I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> going to enjoy the warm weather. <laughs> going to... Ghana, Venezuela, China, back to Ghana, and be back in the States on the 4th of January. Oh, there's snow in January. <laughs> I forgot about that. Maybe I need to change my date. <laughs> so this man takes me to Chinese buffet. Is that right? And every time I just want to quickly lay hands on him or got him saved. And the Lord says, shut up. Time. I mean, I want the guy to be saved. He gives me checks, but I want his, him to be saved. And I was, but you know, God is so much concerned about everyone than you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think you are so much. You have to be in his will and learn how to hear from him. So for four years, my patience was getting out. I was running out of patience. But listen to what happened two weeks ago. I have had an appointment with a pastor from Detroit. 10 o'clock at Flapjack. All, all my appointments are in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so the pastor had been driving just 30 minutes for, her to, for him to get to where I was. This guy, which I call Red, called me and said, can we have breakfast for at 10 o'clock? I said, oh my goodness. I've already got an appointment. But you know, I've learned something. You see, we are all caught up in... Um, uh, please listen to me and, and don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. We have got all appointments. We've got all the way we like to do things. But we are not hearing what he's telling us. And 30 minutes to my appointment, all the pro- protocols have been taken, ready. Is that right? He said... And I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, go to that appointment. Somebody has driven how many miles? And he's just 30 minutes away. What am I going to tell him? I'm talking about the pastor who is coming from Detroit. And this guy just called me 30 minutes. 
and I have to check my motives. Or oh, is it because of his money? Or why am I accepting his appointment? The Lord said, just listen to me. So I called the guy, Emmanuel. I'm just giving him so that you may not know the guy I'm talking about. And I said, Emmanuel, I have another point. Another, I just got another call 30 minutes ago, and I feel the Lord wants me to. He said, what about the appointment? I said, well, can we put it the next day? Then the phone was, boom! So you could tell he's angry. I said, oh, Lord, I didn't want to hear this. So I went to this businessman to the appointment, and we went to eat. I mean, the food was one thing. But then after eating, he said, can you go and see my new house? I said, what? (laughs) So is it all about your new house? (laughs) (laughs) That I have turned somebody away? Your new house. And I said, okay, Lord, I don't understand most of the things. It's foolish. So I went to see his new house. And just as we got there, another guy drove in. He's been to one of my meetings. You know House of Prayer in Lansing. It's in Haslett. The guy got saved, and he is on fire. And so he said, oh, Bishop, oh, my goodness, what has happened to my life? He took the conversation, and nobody could talk. (laughs) You know, when you are excited, you want people to listen to you. And when, especially, you are excited about what God is doing in your life. So he really was going for it. And we all listen. And Red was listening. So all our meetings, we are listening to this guy. We went to his room, and I heard it clearly. This is the time. And I said, okay. But you have to direct me where to begin and where to stop. So this guy gave his testimony how he, the Lord found him and how excited, how things are. Not knowing Red has been going through a very difficult moment. But who knows that? The Lord, not me. So I just gave my testimony. And this man, who every, almost every preacher I know in Lansing is running after, got up himself and raised his hand. And gave his life to the Lord two weeks ago. After waiting for how many years? Four years. But God, just to tell you, God is still in charge. All that we have to, I mean, Abraham took 25 years before the provision came. Joseph, 14 years. Paul took 13 years. Maybe yours have been so many years, but I've got a good news. Good things are just about to break. And with that, we go to, still I know you are tired here. I'm making you do some sports. I'll come to you very soon. We... we, (laughs) We go to today's uh, uh, teaching, which, uh, forget about all this. Somebody just gave to this to me in, in uh, Grand Rapids. I don't know even how to use it, but he said, Bishop, stop all the notes and start using this. So I'm still learning. Um, today's teaching, I'm taking it from the book of John. And if we all can open from there. John, and then I'll come to you guys and make you sit down. John chapter 5. John 5. We have to read from the 19th to 21. 
John 5, 19 to 21. And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, and even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the, the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the, the Son just as the, they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in, in him, who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assured, I say to you, the hour is, come, the hour is coming and it's now that when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who, who hear will live. I have put a title to what I'm going to teach on and it's Greater Works. I usually don't give titles, but today I've given a title. I, I teach at my Bible school. And as, uh, as you teach Bible school students, don't always start with a, with, with, uh, a title or that. Greater ways. What do I mean this morning? The Bible is reminding each one of us that each one of us sitting down here, the church as a whole. I mean, the first time I met you guys, you were in the school. Is that right? And it's getting better. You own your own now. Now, begin to realize that God is doing something. Don't think you have done anything. It's the Lord that is doing. I, I, I mean, greater works is this church going to do. It's going to be bigger than what you see in this area. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's only by what? His spirit. He's taking individual greater works in your marriage relationship, which means the marriage is going to get better. At your age, if Abraham at the age of what? 75, that is why life began. Oh, everybody, everyone here has hope. <laughs> are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? And I'm seeing tall, short uh, woman, a, a child, a young girl, or whatever it is. That's why I call you here. You see, personally, and don't be offended, but I even don't care about my accent. Because I didn't give my, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't create it. It was given to me by him for a purpose. Is that right? The color was given to me. But my identity is not in me as a male or in me as an African or like this young guy or this lady or this man or this young boy. Your identity that you control your life is not your white color. Is that you are a child of the living God. Can I hear amen to that? I mean, goodness, and when you know that, that you've got an identity with him, nobody distrusts you. Do you know the biggest problem we have? Let me be honest with you right from there before I get in. You know, we start a journey and we are all excited. Some are running, some are walking. But then most of us are distracted. And some are going sideways now. Even some others are going backwards. Even they are moving okay. That's why Paul said there is a destiny. 
And I'm going to press on with his grace that I'll get to what? The destiny. And it doesn't matter whether I'm so into slavery like Joseph. It doesn't matter whether I'm put on a river like Moses. Are you with me this morning? And it doesn't matter whether, uh, whether I, I've been told that I'm going to have a child. And for 25 years, my whole body is dead. What matters is what he says will come to pass. Whether today or tomorrow. Can I hear me to that? And it takes those who can hold on. As Isaiah said, those that wait, what? Upon the Lord, the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. And they are going to run, and they are going to not be weary. What is he talking about? He's talking about if he said it, He's going to get a job done, but you have to wait. And as you are waiting, some of the filthy things are getting out, and you are getting better. Amen. Oh, I like that. I didn't hear so much Emmy to that. <laughs> because those things hold you in bondage, and so that your flesh take over the Spirit of God inside you, and so that you are not moving in the direction He wants you. That's why today I'm asking Him to touch me. And renew everything inside me. Let's give the Lord a big hand for these guys. And you can have your seat. Thank you so much. So it doesn't matter where you are this morning. It doesn't matter what has happened to you. We are going on a journey. I know the time is gone. But just bear with me. I will try to live as early as I can. Because I'm here only once a year. So you need to. So John said there's greater ways that is going to happen to you and I. I mean, I like Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus is still the same what? Yesterday, he's still, and what he did so many years ago, he's still doing it. Rest here being part. I mean, there are miracles are happening, but it's only those who want to see, and those who are looking at a certain, space, a, a, a certain place. There are people who are seeing all the devils happening, the evils happening. Do you know, the three wise men, watch carefully. They were looking at the stars. And they could interpret the stars. Some people were looking at the stars, they were just looking at the stars. The three wise men came to see the baby. But they saw the baby as what? The savior. Many people saw it as babies. What I'm saying to you is that wake up. The eyes to see and the ear to hear. Why should two people who are blind and the same anointing, watch carefully, the same hand, one get healed, the other one goes home, not healed. Because the environment you create can let him be God or not be God. That's why he couldn't do anything in his own town. Because they saw him as what? The carpenter's son. I love always what Moses said. He said, I'm not moving one inch without his presence. And that's why I'm asking this afternoon that God will shake some things in my own personal life. That I will get to know him better. Moses came from the mountain and people could see the light all over his face. He couldn't see himself. If you see it yourself, it's pride. And when people begin to see it, they begin to draw closer. So, Jesus is still the same. 
And he's telling us you are going to do greater ways. He's not telling you. Point to, point to your own hand and say, he's talking to me. Point to someone and say, he's talking to you. We're going to do greater ways. But I'm just trying to find out how can we do the greater ways. The Bible tells us that in my 2, 19, 25, that all things are possible through God, but only to those what? who believe. We are all called believers here. I don't doubt that. But I'm asking you today, what is happening to your life? It's very important. Very, very important. It could be small. We are not all given the same talent. Some have been given, and some have been called to win thousands. But, but what about you? What influence are you making in your own neighborhood? These four walls, it's interesting how we behave. Christians, we come here, we are all like angels. <laughs> but at your job place, at the school, at the market, how is Christ influencing people around you? That's my biggest challenge in life. At the, I, 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 on the plane, everywhere I go, I'm asking, Lord, what greater ways am I going to do? Give me 15 minutes and I'll be out of here. What am I talking about? Greater ways. This morning, what I'm going to share, three things that are going to help us, remind us. Because you see, the mind needs to be reminded. I don't know what you, uh, repetition helps me personally. I remember I was teaching my daughter in Africa how to drive, stick, stick shift. I thought she was going to kill me. <laughs> I, I sincerely thought the same way. I mean, my goodness. He was popping the gears. But now my, my daughter is driving on the phone and then drinking coffee. And at the same time, she's driving. Why? Repetition has established something inside her. So we're going to, I know Pastor Pat has been teaching a lot of things. Three things quickly, I'm going to run it in 15 minutes. That is going to help you so that you move into the arena of doing greater what? Works. The first thing that I'm reminding you this morning is keep trusting God in the midst of every circumstance. Keep what? It's very difficult. Proverbs 3 5 says, Trust God with what? <laughs> Can we go further? And don't lean on your. Let me ask each one of you, how many times have you learned on your own understanding? You are in the situation, in the valley, something has happened so bad. You've been serving him, you've been paying all your tithes. You've been fasting. And still, it's going the other direction. And there is a temptation to jump quickly and say, this is how we've been doing it for. And so because of this is how we've been doing it for years, do you know what you are saying? Lord, you are no more in charge. I am going to do it the way I think. Come on. 
And then he grows further. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Oh my goodness. You are talking about, I mean, the middle of the pit to thank you. Yeah. He said, give thanks in everything. And I like the last one. And he will direct what? Your path. Do you know what that means? He's telling us, God is still in charge of America, whether Obama won or Romney won. That's what he wants to remind you this morning. And if you can shake what people have been saying and begin to know that he is still in charge. I mean, look at women. I mean, a man and a woman, and a woman who come before the pastor, and then you said, okay, in God, whether for worse or for the better, or uh, I'll be there. And we make that vow before God and man. And now, for the first honeymoon, everything is going wonderful. You come back home, my goodness. (laughs) Who is this woman? (laughs) And who is this man? But the Bible said, in everything. Do you know what that means? That means that you trust him so much. That even for 25 years, even he gave his word and still things are not happening. That doesn't mean that he's not coming true. Lazarus, Mary, oh, my brother is dying. Are you coming now? Four days. And then he's dead. Lord, you, you said you love me. Yes, he still loves you. After four days, the whole body is smelling. But one thing we all forget, I love this. He said, my name is called what? I am. Do you know what that means? It means he is the beginning and he is the end. And anything that is happening to you, you are in the middle. And if you know the end of the fight, why are you complaining? Can we give the Lord a big hand for that? I mean, when you know the end of the fight, you don't need to complain. Whether he is in the tomb or he's out of the tomb, he doesn't care because he creates out of nothing. But you have to, he said, God is a rewarder of those who, do you know what that means? That means, whether you are on the top of the mountain or you are in the valley, you know he is in charge. And you know you keep reminding us, Romans 12, telling this mind and this body, shut up! You are distracting me, shut up! And when you keep doing that, the body comes into line with him and then faith arises because your kingdom inside is going to portray your kingdom outside. Everything outside is temporal. Do you know what that means in Greek? Subject to change. I've got a good news for you. Your situation is subject to change. But God needs those who hold on. No matter what happens, hold on. He said, I'm going to, yes, I'm 40 years old. I'm 35 years old. There's no man coming. There's no woman coming. He's still in charge. I'm going to be, take this body as his temple and stay holy and purified. Are you with me? Yeah. You've worked all hard. Somebody hasn't worked anything. He went to sell drugs. He's a millionaire. Forget it. God has you in his palm. And your right time come. All is going to come together. So that's why you have to wait. So number one. 
reminding you is keep trusting no matter what happened. Do you know what I do personally? Because uh, maybe I'm saying this, but my body, whew. So I take the word and read to renew this mind. Trust God with all my heart. As we were doing this morning, Pastor, I said, heart, listen, listen to the word. Listen to the word. I mean, I'm just like you. Many times I try to reason it out. And then sometimes I become angry at God. Can I tell you some of those times? I was in, I think I've shared it here before. I was in GFS, Golden Food Store, Golden Food Service. Do you have Golden? Yeah. Okay. And I went to Golden Food. I bought all the food and I'm getting out. As I was getting out, there was a jar at the door. And put were dropping in coins, the chain coins. I got there, I heard clearly. Give all the money you have and put in that. Do you know what I had? Credit card and hundred dollar note. I said, I'm not going to put my hundred dollar note in this. I mean, there's no way. So I went back to the counter and said, can you change this money for me? He said, all your money you have. I said, you've got to be kidding. I'm going to put $100 in that and not me. So I went to the jar. Listen to this funny story. I took the 100 note, put it into the jar, and I pulled it back again. And I put it in, and I pulled it back again four times. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm sick of it. I dropped the hand so angry at God. Got to my car, opened it, slammed the door like uh, it's somebody's car. <laughs> so angry. And then all of a sudden, somebody knocked at the door. I almost said, can you get out of my face? But the, <laughs> I didn't know who that person was, so I had to be careful because the preacher, I said, Dr. Ebua came here and looked at so I, he says, somebody in the car, in the, in, the, in the store wants to talk to you. And I said, okay. But then as we were going, he said, that is one of the owners. Anything he tells you, do it. I said, okay. <laughs> now my attitude changed. <laughs> but when I was putting in the money, shoo, that was very difficult. I got in there, and the guys, this is what he said. One of the Gordon's children. He said his whole life, he's never seen a black man or a white man put $100 in a jar like that. He said, do you have time for Chinese buffet? I said, that is, <laughs> I said, no, that is from, the, from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I knew something good was coming. Because the guy has already advised me. We went to Chinese buffet, oh my goodness, on the 28th street. Good food. I went seven times, so I mean, no, I didn't go there. <laughs> I had to be careful. And in eating, he said, We've, our company has a check. We wanted to give it to someone. And when I saw you do that, he said, I saw you more than four times you put it in. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were struggling. <laughs> but finally, you did it. He gave me a check in an envelope. I want to open the envelope so bad. <laughs> so I said, can I use the restroom? <laughs> I went to the restroom. 
$75,000. Oh, my God. You talk about something happening so fast. I cry like a baby. I was in the bathroom and I was I said, God, I don't know you. Please, anytime you tell me to do anything, even my head up. I'm telling you, don't do your own thing. Learn how to obey him. So number one is what? Trusting God. And I'll finish number two. Oh my goodness, time. Next time, let me use one. Okay. Uh, the pastor said I could go for three hours, so I'm good. I'm just kidding. So number two. Number one, thank you. Trusting God. Oh, you are wonderful. Number two, developing the way we think. How the way we think and how we use our tongue. So I wasn't surprised you were talking about tongue this morning. I, I mean, I, I, you, didn't know, you didn't know what I was going to speak about. So developing the way we think, because as a man thinketh, dead and alive are in the power of what? The tongue. What am I talking about? I'm talking about when I was in, in a Bible school, when was that? 22 years ago at my hope. I felt the Lord was telling me I'm going to win millions of people to the Lord and all that kind of thing. When I said it, everyone in the room thought, I'm crazy. So this African guy, he even doesn't know how to dress. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're a great guy. And he's talking about winning millions of people. But so everybody, what they were saying was trying to make me look like a fool. But God will never lie. God doesn't need somebody with PAD or all that. He needs a willing heart. And in Isaiah, he said, who will go for us? You only need a person with a willing heart. And today, look at what God has done. What most of you didn't know, the first time I went to Ivory Coast, the first crusade I had, five people showed up. After speaking for 10 minutes, two left. I had no money. My preaching too was bad. I didn't know that. But all that I need is to wait on him. The one who has said it. He will make it happen. At the time, even, you don't know how it's going to happen. And today, look at what God has done. So, you have to begin to train the way you think. You know what he told Abraham? Even though your body is dead, you are going to become what? Father of what? Nations. I've, I've traveled and I hear what, especially pastors. I'm over 3,000 pastors. And we go to the meetings and I sit down with them. He said, my church have not been doing good all this time. And I look at them and I say, God bless your heart. That's the way you are thinking. Every time, the situation is going to tell you how to think. But whose report are you going to believe? So it's something we all need to develop. It's not easy. I told you when my wife passed away, I've been teaching about grief all my life. But in August, I almost fell into depression. It was so close. So I had to renew my mind. And he said, I'm not going to... I mean, she's praying for me. I, I mean, we all want to go to heaven. Is that right? But why am I sad? It's easy to preach it. But when you're going through it, it's a whole different thing. 
Now I'm speaking to thousands of people. Grieving. Don't be selfish. Thank him. He's in heaven for you. It's not easy. I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm just saying. No, but if it's easy, everybody can do it. That's why many are called, but few are chosen. Only few can see what God can do. Many shout and scream, but when it comes to trusting the Lord, I mean, whether they are empty chairs or not, I have this story I always tell. When I started my first church, there were only 14 people. Do you know how long it took? Two years, Pastor Pat. Still 14. And then to make it sad, two uh, who were my elders didn't agree to what some of my I was doing. They left. So I was left with 12. And everything bombarded me. We were renting in a, a mall. We owe so much. And then one day, I was preaching. And I'm talking about what, how you can try to train your mind. <coughs> and then what you say. Every time when I meet with my friends and we are eating, I say, oh, do you know how much we owe? And I say, I've been preaching for two years. <laughs> Nobody's coming. <laughs> and so I said, the two people I rely on to have resigned, they've gone. And they said all these bad things about me. And then I heard all that. Whoo. And then one day I came and I think a fly, Africa flies are everywhere, almost entered my eye. So I closed it. And I saw 2,000 people. Whoo. I got excited. So from that day when I'm preaching, I close my eyes. I don't want to see the people. And I see 2,000. So I'm screaming and I'm jumping. And everybody thought because two years the church haven't grown, something is going on here. <laughs> but I still kept seeing the 2,000. The only way I saw the 2,000 was to close my eyes. And one day, the place we were renting brought a policewoman to come and kick us out from it in the service. How humiliating. But I had closed my eyes. So I didn't see any policewoman. And I'm jumping up and down and screaming. And even the policewoman thought, this your pastor is wako. (laughs) Because, I mean, a policewoman at the door and every one of them wasn't even listening. But I closed my eyes so I didn't know what was going on. But this woman had a weeded hand. My landlady, says it is short. Thank God I opened my eyes. I didn't see the policewoman. I think I would have. I saw her, but I saw her hand complete. So, I, op- I looked closely. It was six inches short. Two things happened in one second. So I said, Who is, whose report am I going to believe? Is it a sense she's short or complete? So I got hold of her hand. I think everybody thought I was crazy. And I said, in Jesus' name, come out! The policewoman really thought this guy was wacko. <laughs> so I'm pulling her, her hand. She's pulling it. And all of a sudden, the hand started stretching. Amen. Now she won't pull it again. <laughs> and so I got confident. David said, I've killed a lion. I can kill the bear. Is that right? I have seen that the, the hand is stretching. Ooh, my excitement level got, and the policewoman's eyes was like that. So I started pulling the hand. 
and the hand was totally complete. She is 50 years old, born with that. And in God's eye, 50 years is nothing. Totally healed. This woman went wild. The police woman went wild. My 10 people, uh, 12 people left, everybody wild. Well, Africa, everybody's walking like when you go to New York. So she busts out with the joy. Many people knew her and came back with 200 people. One day. I could have quit in the two years. But those that wait on the Lord, that's why you need to start renewing your mind and start calling things that are not there as they are there. Trusting the Lord that he who has a destiny on your life, as in first, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4, he said, before you came to your mother's womb, that before you were a lady or a man or a white or a black, I had a destiny for your life. And the destiny is to what? To reach out to the, a prophet, being a prophet to the nations. Do you know what that means? What that means in Psalm 2 verse 8, he said, ask for the nations and I will give to you as what? Your inheritance and the ends of the world as your possession. You need to get excited about this. God said he's going to give you the nations. So it's not only the church on the street. It's not only this locality. The Lord is bringing greater works in your life. But develop the way you are thinking. Your marriage is in a bad situation. How are you seeing it? If you see just as the world is seeing it, what is the difference? Your finances is in a bad situation. How are you seeing it? Are you in bad health? We had testimony this morning about, uh, I mean, how diabetes. How do you explain that? But how, how are you thinking and what are you saying? Your, 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 your child is on the street. How do you see that child? Do you see him as God, child, and begin to confess that and see that through the eyes of Christ? Or you see him just as the world is seeing him? That's why Jesus said, my kingdom is not what? Of this world. My kingdom is of another world. So we talk the language of another world, not this kingdom. Come on. Are you with me this morning? Yes. So number two, what are you thinking? And what are you saying? And then I finish the last one. Today, I'm talking about before you can get into the greater ways, before you can start seeing miracles here, before you can see this church go to another level, how are you people thinking? And what are you saying? I really was blessed by your word this morning, purity. Because if you are thinking that way, that is why it's going to draw you to purity. Because you know it's not by might. The programs are wonderful. I love programs. I mean, uh, Pastor Pat and Teresa was in the meeting. But this is what I tell people. You can go to Dr. Maxwell's meeting. You come to this preaching now. Ooh, he did a great job. But if you don't take it to the mountain top yourself and let God speak to you, it's just another conference. It's just another meeting. It's not just another service. But if you say today, Lord, if you have called me to do greater works, I've heard it and I've seen it in people's life. And it doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter color. It doesn't matter gender. It matters how open can he use you. The last one, 
and I finish. Learning how to hear God's voice and learning how to see things many people are not seeing. I can spend all my time here. In John chapter 10, the Lord said, I don't do anything until I see my father do. That's what he said. Uh, I, I, have, I have learned some very, very difficult things in my life. Very. I think I've said it before, but I'm going to repeat it. I think the first time I invi- I, I, Dr. Osborne invited himself to, I, to Ivory Coast, and he did the crusade, and he did a good job, and so I was going to take the offering. And I'm standing, and I'm talking, you need to give, and say all the right things, quote all the right best, and the, the Lord said, give Osborne $6,000. I said, What? So I'm standing there rebuking the devil. I said, this can't be from God. I mean, that's all that I have. I said, Osborne doesn't need my money. He says, son, you are right. You need it. That's why I want you to write it. I've never written. six. That is a lot of money to an African. And I said, he's a white man. He doesn't need my money. He said, that's right. <laughs> I said, you've got to be kidding. 6,000 grand? struggle with it. I wrote it. But I should have talked to my accountant. He was in the house. He's been, he's been with me for 20 years. He's a Catholic. And any time I try to evangelize to him, he said, I was born a Catholic. I was baptized a Catholic. I was confirmed Catholic. He said, I will die Catholic. He said, if you fire me, fire me right now. I couldn't fire him because he was so good. And now he is in a uh, 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 pastor. I'm talking about the experience hearing from God. You, you won't hear what you want to hear. You know, most of us want to hear what we want to hear. But that is the best thing for you. That's why he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know God speaks every single day? And I want to tell you this afternoon or this morning, when you hear the voice of God, that makes the difference in your life. Ananias here heard that go and meet what? Saul. Saul, go and meet Ananias. God has a telephone number for every single one of us. He has a te- telephone number for every person that is not saved. And all that he needs you that you can hear what he is saying and it will make the difference. Those who have financial problems, those have, God has a telephone number for every business that can explode. But you need to hear. So now I'm hearing... Give 6000 I gave 6000 I went home, my accountant. I met him. He said he's written three checks out of the 6000 and I have to sign. I said, I can't sign. He said, why? I said, I just gave it to Dr. Osman. He said, you did what? <laughs> he brought all the checks, put them on the table, slammed the doors out from, from today, count me out. The next day, call all my creditors. I thought I've given to Osborne, so everything is going to be wonderful. And the whole world, like hell, broke out. But I knew God is faithful, whether the 6,000 or not 6,000. The Lord spoke to me along the line. That's why I'm learning how to. said, go to D.C., to this uh, prayer conference. So I came. I met Bush there. 
in that prayer meeting. But just to, I met one guy, I mean, they don't have it, or called Dr. Barry Black. He is still, he is now the, uh, the chaplain of the U.S. Senators. Doctor, you can Google Dr. Barry Black. So I met Dr. Barry Black and my whole life changed because I know it's the investment that I made. That's Dr. Barry Black. He introduced me to Ashcroft. I think some of you have heard about Ashcroft, who was the attorney general. Ashcroft and then, uh, and then Spencer, Spencer Abraham. These two guys introduced me to 17 businessmen in D.C. And my life has never been the same. Because these 17 men are doing different projects with us in Africa, uh, which is um, uh, Ashcroft, Spencer Abraham, and, uh, and Black didn't do He just did the introduction. And today, we are building 200 low-cost houses for people in Ethiopia with the president of Ethiopia. 200. So when he said, ask for the nation, it's not what you have. How much do you have? But God will bring the right people into your path. He will direct what? Your path. And you can do some great things for the Lord. I mean, everyone here, there is no, I mean, we put our pines on the same. So, but there are people who are trusting to hear what God is saying. And he always speaks to the people. So by the time you get there, there is a divine connection. And it can do bigger things. I, I thank God for what everybody is doing. But to be honest with you, in my later days now, I want to do bigger things for the Lord. How many want to do bigger things for the Lord? But you have to learn how to hear from him. And how to see things. So three things. Trusting God with all your heart. Learning how to. What? The second thing is what? What you say. And what you think. And the third one is what? Hearing. And if you can do those things. I told you the last time I was here. I went to Israel. and met a Jew. And he has put 1.5 million dollars into our ministry. And within two years, we have reached 13,000 Muslims. How do you explain that? 13,000 Muslims. Because now, what I'm seeing, God is appearing to the Muslims. I mean, it's all over. What I don't have time to talk about, uh, Yaron, who is a Jew, um, put this uh, uh, studio together and so now what we are doing in Ivory Coast is we are taking testimonies from Muslims who have been saved in Arabic and it's been sent through the satellite to the satellite in Tel Aviv are you with me? this is a satellite in Tel Aviv with, with Yaron and this is sent to 21 Muslims countries in Arabic and they do it through businesses and for 2 years 13,000 Muslims have been saved I'm saying greater works can you do? If you are beginning to learn how to trust God, how to speak what he wants you to speak, how to think the way he wants you to think, I'm telling you of how to listen. I mean, it can take almost some time. I, I stay listening and for two weeks I've not heard one thing. But one thing comes is bigger than everything. That is why I love what... Um, what uh, Abraham Lincoln said. And I love his statement. He said, if, if he had eight hours to chop down a tree, 
he would take six hours to sharpen the ass and take two hours to chop down the tree. Do you know what most of us are doing? We are chopping down a tree with a blank eyes and we are going nowhere. Can we all stand to us? I'm going to call Pastor uh, Pat to come and we are going to do ministry. But before that time, if anyone is here and you want the fire to come back to your life, just raise up your hand quickly, 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 quickly. Okay, let it be there. Lord, I just thank you this morning for what you are doing in our lives. Lord, just as we are all present, we want to know who you are. Touch each one of us that we can move into the realms we've never been. So that, Lord, we can see the manifestation of who you are and begin to walk into that. So that the world will know that you call us for the nations. We give you praise in Jesus' name.